Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, we're up to episode 18 of CRE Success, the podcast. On today's episode, my guest is Daniel O'Brien of LJ Hooker Commercial, South Sydney and Inner West. This is our third in the series of interviews with high achieving agents who have left the big firms to chart their own path by starting their own businesses. In our interview today, you're going to hear from Dan on his top negotiation tips, how he rewards and recognizes his staff, and how fun and professionalism go hand in hand to building a winning culture. That's coming up. But first, a reminder, if you're not a subscriber to the podcast, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you're updated whenever we release a new episode. When you subscribe, you can also download the entire back catalog of episodes. We have CRE professionals discussing success from so many vantage points, various sectors like retail, office and industrial, various disciplines like leasing, tenant representation, investment sales, property management, project management, valuations and even auctioneering. Plus, we've got people from big global companies from major national brands and also independent firms. And we have service providers and corporate real estate professionals. We've even got a flexible space founder and a prop tech executive. The whole gamut of commercial real estate in our back catalog, plus some great bonus episodes on prospecting and passion. Every episode is designed to help you learn from others so you can apply some of their methods to achieve success more quickly. Hopefully you don't need any more convincing. Go and check out the back catalog and also subscribe so you're the first to hear our new interviews and also you'll be the first to know about the special bonus episodes that we'll be releasing over the rest of this year. Stick around though because I've got a great episode right now. It's an interview with Daniel O'Brien of LJ Hooker Commercial and it starts in 30 seconds. If you're interested in the flexible workspace boom happening across Australia, Hub Australia is one of the best operators with seven beautiful sites in four capital cities. They offer premium workspaces with desks, offices and suites and partner with landlords and corporate customers to provide and produce high quality workspaces, making sure their members love coming to work. If you have a client or partner looking for their next workspace or business opportunity, email hello at hubaustralia.com or visit hubaustralia.com. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. Dan, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's step inside the virtual elevator for your elevator pitch. Dan, who are you? I'm Daniel O'Brien. My mission is to create wealth for both my clients and my team. Um, And our clients own commercial properties, anything from office, shop, shed. And our role is just to deliver them great returns by selling, leasing or managing those assets for them. Uh, at the moment, we've got two real estate offices in the inner west and south city. Awesome. And I heard you say your mission is to, was it create money or value for your clients and your the people who work with you? Yeah, create wealth for my clients and my team. Right. I like that. How long has that been your, your mission? Since I started uh, the office. Awesome. Awesome. Mm. Love that. Let's go to, back to that point when you started the office because, uh, you know, we can look at your LinkedIn profile. You've had a, a great long stretch with CBRE, a period with Knight Frank, and then you've, you've opened the, uh, the first office, I think in South Sydney with, uh, LJ Hooker Commercial, and yep. you've just referenced the second office that you've opened. What was the attraction to open a new office with LJ Hooker? I, I think, uh, well, I, I know I was after a, a brand name and LJ Hooker, 
is very synonymous with real estate. So when you pick up the phone and you say you're from LJ Hooker, everyone immediately knows it's real estate. So I did like that part of the of the brand rather than starting a you know Daniel O'Brien Real Estate or or some other name like that um, initially. And then I guess for me, being an owner rather than an employee was my main driver. I was an employee, like you've said, for many years, and you know I've started businesses before while I was at like CBRE. I started a little software thing and. I've always, I'm always kind of looking for the next sort of side hustle, and this is my permanent side hustle now. So, um, owning is is a is a great attraction to me. What's the difference between working at a company like CBRE, which in the commercial real estate world is synonymous with um, commercial real estate, versus working with your own franchise at LJ Hooker Commercial, which, um, and for listeners outside of Australia may not be familiar, LJ Hooker is, uh, you know, a very long-standing brand and, and very well known in residential, but perhaps not as well known in the commercial real estate space. So what are some of the, the differences between working under those two banners? Uh, the main difference is before I was building wealth for shareholders and that, that was a key focus when you're at a global firm and trying to focus on, you know, how many fees you can pull out of the market, not just for yourself, but for the shareholders. There's no kind of politics, no reporting, uh, no oversight from managers here. And I just find less pointless meetings, you know, when you've got a small business. So that's for me, that's the main difference. But in terms of day to day, there's not much difference really. Selling and leasing is is a process and that's very similar. Likewise, I guess I'm running similar size team now to what I used to at, at CBRE and I Frank. So, so that's, that's similar. Different, I guess, is, you know, I'm paying the wages and the rent and all the overheads now. So that's, that's another difference, I guess. And what about from the client's perspective? Do they sort of notice any difference in terms of, you know, I guess client service is the same, but in terms of the the experience for the clients when they're dealing with someone like yourself at LJ Hooker Commercial versus a big firm, is there any difference? Not in my view, no. And, and I've been told that by a number of clients who followed me, you know, between firms and I've had, I've been doing this, you know, 15 years now and, and I've got clients that tend to follow me and a lot of my staff have have got clients that follow them as well, and you know, real estate is a, is a is a people is a people business. So, all the clients care about is you know is the guy on the other end of the table, the guy going to be speaking to the buyers or the tenants, which is more important, I think, than what business card you're carrying or or which brand you're working for. Of course, when you're running your own office, you've got to be on top of a lot of other things like property management and also general business operations like HR and, and finance. How have you, you gone with all of those additional burdens or responsibilities? <laughs> yeah, it's been, um, it's been a challenge and I've never worked in property management. So I've got great faith in my, in my asset managers because I really have no idea about, um, you know, I know collect rent and pay the bills, but aside from that, I, I, I leave it all to them. It's kind of the joke around here. I am the legal department. I am the HR. I am finance. So I'm kind of the director of everything when you run your own business. And um, that took a while to get used to. But, um, you know, I've had really good mentors in each of those areas. So I'm, uh, I'm battling on. So how long does it sort of take before you start feeling confident and less sleepless nights um, after you start your business to when uh, um, hopefully you don't have any, uh, too many sleepless <laughs> nights now? But um, how long does it take to get that confidence? Probably 12 months, to be honest, Darren. Yeah, yeah, 12 to 18 months, if I'm being really honest. Um, you just, there's just so much that gets thrown at you that you're just not expecting. Uh, and especially my growth was pretty fast the first 12 months. You know, I started with three people and we grew to 12 or 14 in my first 12 months. So a lot of that was me recruiting and hiring and, 
you know, negotiating contracts and so many sign-on fees. But yeah, it was a lot of recruiting and really, really quick growth for me in the first 12 months. And how much of the people management piece takes up all of your time? It takes up half a day a week because I sit down with my team members every week just for 30 minutes. So it's just me and them in a room and we find out, basically go over what their goals were last week and if they hit them and then what their goals are this week. Yeah, with 20 staff, um, I don't catch up with all 20, but the agency side I do, there's 14 of us now. And uh, yeah, all the, all the agents, sales and leasing agents, I catch up with once a week. Basically one-on-one meetings. Yep, one-on-one. Yep. I find that's a, a great way to stay on top of uh, what's going on. It can be a more efficient communication process rather than going back and forth with emails all week. You can got one time where people can communicate with you. You can also, I think, stay on top of what's going on in their world and, and yep. Um, help them out with with whatever they've got. So one-on-ones are great, I reckon. And, and I, also I like you can build a relationship with with all your people. 100%. And, you know, any any manager needs to be honest with their staff and they need to be honest with the manager. And, you know, when, when you're in that closed room, it does breed a lot of honesty and, you know, sometimes they get a pat on the back and sometimes they get a kick in the bum and it's it's just really good to be to be honest with your staff and and, and have that in return. Definitely. Um, I've seen from your social media profile that you're quite honest and you like to curate a personal brand that goes beyond commercial real estate capability. A lot of what you post on LinkedIn, um, I've seen some success quotes and even you know stuff around the importance of family. So what's your intention when you're sharing that type of content? In regards to the success quotes, I just find they give me a bit of a pick-me-up and yeah, I, I just, I, I just, I really like them. So that's why I share those. In terms of the, the family side, I just, it's good for people to see another side of you rather than just another chest beating agent talking about all the deals they do on, on social media. So like, like I said before, Darren, it's a real people business property. And, you know, I'm not just an agent, right? I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a, a son, a brother, a partner. Like there's lots of aspects to my life and I'm happy to, to open the lid a little bit on on all of those just so people get to see the real me. And I think that's really important. I, you know, clients like it and I'm not sure if my network likes it or not, but <laughs> I'm just trying to be a, bit, a little bit different in, in that, you know, in that regard. Well, social media, I think, has changed a lot about how we engage with clients and, and prospects in the market. It gives us the opportunity to, I guess, curate that personal brand at scale rather than have to rely on one-on-one um, mm-hmm. relationships. But what's something that maybe hasn't changed about commercial real estate in the uh, in the years that you've been in the business? The main thing that hasn't changed, and it's the main thing that I love, is the fact that there's a real skill in bringing two parties together in a negotiation. And that's something that gives me an adrenaline rush every time I do it. And all the social media stuff, that's all great. That's all changed. All the web portals have changed. You're not advertising in the paper anymore. You know, all that kind of stuff changes to a point. And then you get down to the real crux of the art of being a negotiator. And that hasn't changed. And I don't think that will ever change. And that's the beauty of, of what we do. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Dan, and ask you what a couple of principles of negotiation that you've found to be that that have uh, held true and have seen you through some tough negotiations over your career. Um, the ability to hold your nerve and be silent when you need to—that's that's a really big one. Sometimes the person that talks first loses. Also, having the ability to be able to get up and and leave a negotiation—I find that's quite powerful. If you think. You know, at some point, that it's not that you haven't got anything to lose, but I think the person who is willing to walk away is the one that generally gets what they want. 
So they're probably my two tips. How about when it comes to keeping your clients on on the track of negotiation that you want to keep them on and making sure they keep under control? How do, how do you manage that? Uh, a, a number of ways. You just remind them of of why they why they entered into the deal in the first place, and then you could ask them, okay, what happens if you don't buy this, or what happens if you don't sell this property? What's next? And and you're not asking it in a in a smart aleck way. You're just saying, okay, so what 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 are the options here? If you don't do the deal, your options are A, B, or C. And let's talk through those. And then, you know, you try and bring them back to to, to close them. But you've always got to you've always got to act as an advisor rather than a pushy a pushy salesman just trying to you know close the deal and condition them and all that kind of stuff. Um, let's talk about um, success, achievement, recognition. And it seems like that you've been a high achiever from when you started in the industry. I can see from your LinkedIn profile that you picked up Rookie of the Year in your first year at CBRE and a number of agency and leadership awards in your later years with the firm. And then within 18 months of opening your own office with LJ Hooker Commercial, you picked up the best commercial agency of 2017 at the New South Wales Real Estate Institute Awards. So I'd like to ask you with that particular one, how did you manage to pull that off uh, in your first 18 months of operation? <laughs> um, I'm actually finalist in that award again tonight. But um, in my first, I think that, yeah, the first four months was really, for me, a really period of fast growth. And I think, you know, some people saw that as impressive. You know, I think I touched on before, we went from two or three staff to 14 in my first 12 months. And during those those um, 12 months, I personally had a great run with some quite high profile sales and and leases, which got some airplay in the news and newspapers and such. So I think the profile of the office started really well. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. We have to ask the judges why they gave me that award. But yeah, I think but my, my perspective, I think that, that, that was probably a, a main reason. Well, I've seen from your um, your posts on social media that you often use the words fun and professional to describe the, the culture of your offices. Can you tell me why those are two pillars of the culture that you've built? And for those uh, of us who might think they're mutually exclusive, maybe you can explain how fun and professional can gel together to produce um, excellent results. Yeah, sure. I think just recognising when to switch off and switch on, if you can recognise that, it's a really good balance. and. I mean, no one wants a, a wisecracking agent to kind of represent them. So being professional is, is of course, paramount. But when you come back to the office, you've got to be able to have some fun and enjoy the people you're working with because we spend so much time together. I mean, it would be a nightmare for me to, to go to the office and just not enjoy my time there or not enjoy the people that I'm with. And I think that's normal. It's, you know, human condition. So I think it is really important to to have some fun. But, yeah, striking that balance of, Turning off and on is is um is key to that though, Darren. What are some of the sort of professional standards that you uh, set in the office as an expectation that people need to meet and that people aspire to in terms of reaching those standards that ultimately lead to results? I try and guide the team. So we we do lots of um, training. We do lots of role play training. Um, you know, once a fortnight uh, with everyone, and that kind of hones your craft. You know, the people that we're dealing with are all managing directors or financial controllers or entrepreneurs or developers. So by nature, they're all very proficient at negotiating. So if we're not, you know, we're not going to be able to represent our clients as well as we should. So for me, a lot of uh, emphasis goes on training and improving the staff. And, you know, I, I find that I find role play is, is the best way to do that and just throw objections at them and just see how they react because 
the more they do that, the much better they'll be when they're out in the field. Uh, in terms of your own leadership, how do you appreciate your team's performance? Do you have any um, maybe thoughts to share about the importance of and ways to uh, recognise um, the performance of your team? Yeah, that's that's a really big one um, for me. So it's it really varies. Like it could be it could be a general email going around saying you know well done for doing a certain thing or a mention at a team meeting or you know, I've put five grand the prize five grand cash up for whoever gets the most listings in October. And then yeah, we love going out and being social. So you know like Melbourne Cup and end of financial year party, Christmas parties, all those kind of things. I find it really important that we that we reward the group. And, you know, we, we give out specific awards at those functions normally as well for the staff. So recognition's a really big thing for me. And, and I don't think, I don't think enough of it happens, to be honest. Uh, and you need to pat the staff on the back when they do a great job. Yeah. I think there's, um, an expectation that people will be compensated for what they do in terms of monetary comp- compensation. And that's mm-hmm. just expected. But then there's the, the non-financial stuff, which can, um, really go a long way to building a relationship and a, a culture of, of excellence and appreciation. And sometimes even more so, Darren, like, you know, earning money is great, but you're right. Yeah. Being recognized for in, in different ways is, I think, sometimes more important than. Uh, the money for some people. Absolutely. So is there anything in particular that you look to teach your newer recruits, people that are a bit green in the business that come and work in your office that you try and show them to set them up for future success? Yeah, normally the ones, uh, normally the juniors with no experience kind of tail me around for a year or two um, and then they learn by osmosis. They're quite active in the role play, you know, when we do training. So that brings them on pretty quick. Other guys and you know, girls who've come from other firms or industries, I try to keep it pretty simple, you know, and there's, there's, there's certain actions that if you do them every day consistently, you will be successful. And, you know, real estate is a, what we do is, is actually quite simple when you break it down. It's not easy. It's actually really difficult, but it's actually the process is quite simple. So it's making connections with people, finding out their motivators, finding out their pain points and, and helping them. And if you, if you boil it all down, that's what we do. So doing it consistently and speaking to 30 or 40 people, 50 or however many people, you know, new people every day, doing that five days a week for an entire year or two will really, really give you your own database to mine. And then once you've got that, there's normally no stopping you. If you've got two or three thousand or two to two and a half thousand contacts that are, you know, genuine and real. If you just keep mining those contacts, you'll kill it in this game. And do you have any systems for making sure that you're checking in with certain people within a certain time frame? How do you sort of stay on top of that? In terms of clients or in terms of bringing staff on? Oh, it's, sorry. Yeah, I was moving on to clients there. So, uh, you know, if you've got those two, two and a half thousand contacts, yep. um, you know, you've got to keep them, get in front of them a certain number of times a year or, or yep. whatever it is. What, what's your system for kind of making sure that you stay relevant in their world? Yeah, so I think well, a lot of it now is is staying in touch with them via market updates or monthly emails, or uh, if they're owners, sending them information, which which we can do at a press of a button. Now you don't have to ring around, you know, tell a hundred owners in the street about a recent sale. You can just you can just email them if you choose to. So I think at the moment, in, in, you know, technology at the moment, it, it is quite easy to stay in touch with those people, and you don't need to you don't need to speak to them every month like you might. I'll try and speak to all of those people once a year, but yeah, it, it just depends on their own situation. But I, I would say, Darren, as a minimum, you should speak to them. At, speak to them at least once a year, 
and you should be sending them some kind of communication once a month. Got it. What's the one thing that you continuously and consistently focus on that helps you be successful? For me, it's goal setting and visualizing the goals that you set. That's really important. So getting really detailed on the goals that you set and having weekly, monthly, six monthly and and yearly goals. And I I love goals because the, the minute you set yourself a goal, it just becomes unacceptable to stay where you are right now. And most of those awards you spoke about before, they're awards that I've set myself a goal to win. And at the start of a year or in whatever, and I said, okay, I want to, I want to win this award this year or this, this, and this, this year. And, you know, it, it goes to everything. It goes to your personal life. It goes to business. The more detailed your goals are, the more you can visualize them. And then visualization is such an important part of, of hitting your goals. So for me, I really like doing that. I find it really simple and you can basically design your life over around what goals you set yourself. And when you talk about um, visualizing your goals, are you talking about actually like seeing yourself in the moment of achieving it or how you feel in the moment? What's your visualization process? Yeah, it's normally, it, it's both. And normally it's, it's either during or just after if you meditate, like I only meditate for five or 10 minutes, you know, three times a week, but that's enough for me. And then you do it then. And I, I might do it once a week and just go through your goals of where you want to be. And normally I do it either when I'm in a meditation or, or just after it. Last question for you, Dan, is what are you most passionate about in your life right now? I'm passionate about spending time with my young daughters, um, Lucy and Jen, whenever I have custody of them. And I, I just find that everything kind of blends away when I'm with them. And, you know, seeing them grow and develop is is, is amazing. And, you know, that just gives me the greatest joy at the moment. I'm also passionate about, like I mentioned to you, goal setting before. I've got some goals I need to hit, you know, next calendar year, which is my fifth year in business. So I I should hit all those by 1st of July next year. So I'm working on them right now. And how old are Lucy and Jen? Lucy's 12 and Genevieve's eight. So, yeah, just beautiful ages, you know. So, yeah, I'm just enjoying, trying to enjoy every second I have with them. I have a five-month daughter, a five-month-old daughter. So, um, oh wow, I'll have to uh, come back to you for some some, <laughs> t- some future tips. You will. It gets easier, Darren. It gets easier. And it's been um, great hearing about your climb to the top. Why you opened um, not one but two offices, and uh, a little sneak peek into some of the big plans you have in 2021. I'll look forward to uh, seeing what those are. I want to say thank you very much for joining us on CRE Success, the podcast. My pleasure, Darren. Thanks so much for inviting me on. It's been great. For more information about our guest, visit cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thank you to Dan for being with us on this episode. Guess what? Dan and his team won the award that he mentioned in the interview that very evening, which was Friday, October the 30th. It's the second time that he's won that award in just four years. What a great accomplishment. It really is proof of what is possible when you set a goal and go after it with intention and purpose. Congratulations to Dan and his team. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned a webinar that I was running on the podcast, and we did put that on, and it went relatively smoothly, considering it was the first webinar I've ever hosted. So I've decided to iron out some of those kinks and do it again. 
We'll be doing it this time at a time which is more convenient for people who are located in the US and Canada, Europe and Australia, New Zealand. The previous webinar was ideally timed for people in Asia Pacific and to a lesser extent those in the US and Canada. Everyone though is welcome to attend. If you're listening to this episode within one week of it being released, you'll be able to join us live. Just head to the podcast page of our website and click the button under the list of episode transcripts that says live and free webinar to register. I hope you can make it. That's all we've got for you this week. As always, thank you very much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. Join pioneering landlords and property managers using technology and data powered by the leader in commercial property management software, Released. Born in the cloud, Released gives you centralized management of your portfolio with instant access to client and lease information across property managers, landlords, accountants, and tenants. With Released Smart Automation, managing single to large multi-tenanted properties with complex outgoings is a breeze, driving real-time insights so you can make proactive data-led decisions. Visit re-leased.com dot com to find out more.